Welcome back to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Michael. And today we're here with our friend Blake, and we're going to be discussing his Ireland trip, and we're going to be comparing it against a cruise vacation. Let's jump into it. Well, thanks for tuning into another episode. Like Frank said at the start, today we're here with our friend Blake. How's it going? Good, good. How are y'all? Good. Uh, you just got back from Ireland. Yeah, sure did. Uh, took a trip with my wife and uh, looking forward to talking about it. Perfect. So, Blake, you've known Michael quite some time. I know I'm, I've met you through Michael. How did you guys end up meeting? Yeah, so I met Michael his freshman year of college, a young Michael. Uh, I <laughs> would have been a junior at that time. Met through a small group, and then Michael ended up, my senior year of college, Michael ended up, ended up living in the apartment downstairs from me. Yeah, I got to hang out, got to know him a little bit then, and then uh, just shared some mutual friends. And then when he moved back to Charlotte, we just kind of reconnected, and the rest is history. So this is a cruise podcast. You've been on a couple of cruises. Tell us about that. Yeah, so my cruising history isn't quite as extensive as uh, yours or Michael's, (laughs) but I have been on three cruises, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly. Two were actually in college. One was for winter break. Nice. And one was for spring break, my senior year. So we just did the kind of most budget-friendly cruise. Carnival. Well, funny (laughs) enough, we were able to actually do a carnival cruise, and then one was actually a royal cruise. So we got to play a little comparison. So really for that, as a senior in college, uh, you know how those cruises go. You're there for a good time. You're there for the drinks. A good time, Um, not a long time. Quick Not, cruise. Yeah, quick cruise. So as far as those itineraries, from what I can recall, it, I recall the one went to the Bahamas and to the private island. I don't believe that was royal. I believe that might have been carnival. And then the other royal was more into the Caribbean, I believe Western Caribbean. Y'all can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not the cruise guru. But we went to Cozumel yeah. and we went to Grand Cayman. I believe only those two ports was on the other cruise. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good time. Really my first experience cruising. And then my wife and I did another cruise, just the two of us. I believe it might've been for an anniversary trip. Um, a couple years ago, it was a carnival cruise. Cause once again, we were shopping for deals and budget friendly vacations. So that one was also a Caribbean cruise. Um, we did some more like St. Thomas, I believe we may have gone to the Bahamas as well. I don't really remember. The big thing about this third cruise I remember was we didn't get to go to one of the ports because we were being chased by a hurricane. So, you know, the fun of going on a cruise during hurricane season. You get a good deal, but definitely maybe uh, outrunning a storm there. (laughs) Yeah, definitely outrunning a storm. But, you know, I can't complain. I I had fun on all the cruises I've been on. And I was going to ask you which one was your favorite one, but I know you're going to say the one with your wife, so we'll just skip that question. And yeah, that's a lo- that's a loaded question. You can we'll plead, lo- just plead the fifth. Yeah, Jessica. yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> leave it there. All right, cool. So we do. We start off the podcast typically with our guests. We want to talk about your travel philosophy. So can you just walk us through kind of you know what is your typical travel philosophy? You know what? Why do you travel? And kind of how do you decide? You know what trips you go on next? Yeah. So growing up, I always uh, traveled with my family. We did different types of traveling, really. Um, Everything from going to places like Cabo and we would stay at a resort, but do more exploring, um, looking at the culture, 
just doing things around in and around the cities. But also we would do some simpler times or vacations of just going to the beach and hanging out as a family. But as I've gotten a little older, I've done cruises and I've done all-inclusive resorts. And then most recently, obviously going to Europe, it was actually my first time. So I've got a broad kind of travel spectrum, I guess you could say. But as far as travel, I, I really don't like to limit myself and can enjoy all types of travel. So Now, all right, let's talk about this trip, Ireland in general. This trip, because you were supposed to go on a trip back in 2020, right? You had a cruise planned for Europe at the time, or what was planned back then? Yeah, so Ireland originally stemmed from a trip that was going to be planned with my wife and my parents. Um, Back in 2020, we were scheduled to go to Ireland for about 10 days. Everything was booked, and then, um, you know, the world shut down in 2020. So, unfortunately, we had to cancel all those plans then we ended up booking, rebooking again, and still we ended up canceling because Ireland wasn't quite open all the way yet, and so we said if we were going to go to Europe, we wanted to do it right and make sure that we got the full experience. Fast forward a little bit now, and the only opportunity my wife and I had was for our anniversary, so we decided to jump on it as opposed to going to an all-inclusive. We had never been to Europe, so we figured it'd be a good opportunity to go over to and to Dublin and Ireland and I guess, finally cash in on the trip we'd booked for so long. So Blake, how did you end up getting over to Ireland? Did you uh, take a cruise or did you end up flying across? Yeah, we had to nix the transatlantic cruise this go around. <laughs> so uh, no, but in all seriousness, we um, we went from Charlotte and we flew up to Philadelphia. They have a direct flight into Dublin. So that was the easiest route really. And we saved a little bit of money doing that as well. So quick and easy is about five and a half, six hours flight from Philly. Yeah, straight into Dublin, and we were off and running. So when when you first landed in Dublin, what were some of the first things? Like, were you culture shocked or like, wow, this is like something I wasn't expecting? Like, what were kind of your first thoughts as you landed into into Europe? Yeah, my first thought was, wow, I'm really tired. Um, <laughs> I didn't get much sleep on the plane over. So, but no, um, I don't really know that I had a expectation of. I don't know. I had never really seen or I'd never been to Europe, obviously. So I didn't have any grand expectations. Um, It was early in the morning. And so um, with it being the time of year, I guess in the winter time over there, it was kind of dull, a little, uh, yeah, gray is a little underwhelming. If I'm being honest, you know, we got out of the airport, took a taxi to the place that we were staying. Was Um, it an Airbnb or like a hotel? Or were you like on like a castle on a hill or something? (laughs) Yeah, I wish we were in a castle. Um, No, we were actually staying in a bed and breakfast um, right in the heart of Dublin. So we were walking distance um, to pretty much everything. Well, I guess it depends on how far you want to walk. But, um, you know, we were easily accessible to everything that we wanted to do in Dublin. Yeah, one of my favorite parts about Europe, too, I feel like a lot of the places we went were super walkable as well. Like when we stayed in Rome for the 24, 48 hours we were there, we just walked everywhere I, or took the metro around. Now, let's kind of talk about your, you were you said you were there for six days, right? Yeah, we got in on a Sunday morning at like 8 a.m. and then we left back at the airport then Saturday. So I guess that gives you, what, six full days of kind of doing and exploring. Nice. So what what did your exploring look like? Did you do more touristy things and tours? Did you kind of just adventure off on y'all's own? What did you end up doing? Yeah, so we kind of, ahead of time, I had done some research to kind of do a few of the touristy things. We knew that we wanted to explore the city, kind of get the locals' 
viewpoint on some things. The pubs are big in Ireland, so uh, we knew that was something that we wanted to do, but wouldn't necessarily be a tourist attraction. But in Ireland, as everybody I'm sure knows, uh, the Guinness factory is in Ireland. The Jameson distillery is also there in Dublin. And then the Cliffs of Moher, um, those are probably the three biggest tourist attractions, if I had to say. So we made sure that we were going to pencil those in. Dublin is actually on the opposite coast of where the cliffs are. So we knew that the bus tour that we were looking at was going to be a full day. So we actually wanted to schedule that earlier in the week because we knew come the end of the week, we were probably going to be a little too tired to be going on a 13-hour bus tour. So we knew that we wanted to do that. So we booked a tour for that. And then we also did a tour for the Guinness and the Jameson. That was a couple hours um, to do both of them. Both of them were really awesome. But those are really the two only touristy trips um, that we booked. Aside from that, we walked around the city, did a little bit of shopping, saw some of the sites, um, really just kind of hung out in Dublin and experienced the culture that's there. Did you kiss the Blarney Stone? No, the Blarney Stone is unfortunately not in Dublin. That is also on the opposite side of the country. Um, so, so no Blarney Stone for me. Yeah, so like Michael was mentioning, you know, when I was in Rome, we tried to stay in Rome as much as possible, but then one day we actually did take the train up to Florence. So when you were in Ireland, did you guys stay pretty much kind of local to Dublin or did you guys take the train or any sort of public transportation to, to other towns? Yeah, aside from the scheduled tour, which was obviously on a bus. Um, We did take the train one day to another little town just to do some exploring. It was called Bray, just a little coastal town. Unfortunately, uh, with it being November, you can imagine the beaches were not um, very populated. Everything was closed down, but just still cool to go to another little little town and kind of see what was going on there, which really wasn't much of anything, but the train was great. I know that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the trains are always fun. I know that uh, Ireland's not necessarily like known for their food. How, they do have some some good food, some good options. But what was probably like the best thing you ate while you were over there? Yeah, so I don't know that I could na- nail it down to one thing. But the fish and chips in Ireland are pretty spot on. That is a staple over there is kind of what they say. Um, so the fish and chips were really good. Believe it or not, we went to an Italian restaurant that was fantastic. I know that doesn't seem quite like it belongs in Dublin, but it was fantastic. But really all the little pubs that were around, even though there's a lot of them, it may look like a little hole in the wall, but you may get some of the best food there. So really, I mean, the fish and chips were a hit. The Guinness was obviously a hit, but I don't think you can go to Ireland and not have a good Guinness. All right, so we've kind of talked about your accommodation so far, some of the food you had each day, your drinks. Let's kind of compare this now to a cruise, since this is a cruise podcast, kind of from the cost aspect of it. Did you feel like you you saved some money doing the way you did it? Do you feel like a cruise could have been cheaper? What did it look like? Is Ireland expensive in general? Yeah, so it's kind of funny you ask that. So this trip was actually for our anniversary, and I had looked at a couple different options, including a cruise. And when it got down to looking and comparing numbers, really a cruise, when you start talking about doing excursions and gifts and, you know, obviously you're not going to buy, you don't want an interior stateroom. We're probably going to upgrade that a little bit. You know, Ireland may have come out a little bit 
more expensive, but also you have to look at, we were eating out every single meal with the exception of breakfast. So that adds up pretty quickly and airfare to get over to Dublin was, wasn't super expensive, but obviously that's a cost that's a bit higher than, um, you know, flying to Miami or Orlando, um, to go out on a cruise out of there. So you, this trip that you took, right? So you pretty much stayed, you know, in one, in one location for the most part. Right. And for me, like when I went to Europe, right, so it was very much like bouncing around, right? We did do a couple, you know, c- cities in Italy before we left. We did Rome and Florence. Then we hit the cruise and had a bunch of different stops. You kind of felt like you were always on the go, you know, always in a new place. But for you, did you feel like this trip, because it was an anniversary, because you were celebrating, it was kind of like you're happy with the way that you did it? Or do you feel like you would have liked it to be a little bit more faster paced, you know, maybe seeing a few more stops within the six days? Like if you could do it all again, would you go back and, you know, do it the same way? Or would you prefer to maybe only spend a few days in Ireland or sorry, in Dublin and maybe bounce around to Scotland and some of the other spots as well? Yeah. So I think I would change the way that we did it. Uh, I think there's a lot to see, obviously, in any country. Um, unfortunately, we were under time constraints. So six days doesn't really allow for much uh, bouncing around and different places to stay and things of that nature. Uh, but I think that we probably would have bounced around a little bit, uh, maybe a few, a few other towns in Ireland um, that you can get to by train, or you know, we even talked about you know flying to another country because uh, you know once you get to Europe, it's pretty inexpensive yeah. to go to any other European country. You know, you're looking at you know I'm gonna call it a hundred euro. So that's yeah. that's pretty inexpensive to you know really hit two countries in let's say ten days. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was going is, you know, you're there for six days. You spent the time to get all the way over there. Like I I wanted to just kind of see if you felt like, you know, six days was maybe too much in the area that you were in, or you felt pretty good about, you know, the time that you spent maybe, you know, really just diving more deeper into the culture. Cause I I do feel sometimes in Europe, like there's so much, you're already over there. Like, Oh, I could just go to France. I can just go, you know, go to Italy. It's right there. It's not that much further. But then at the end of it, you're just feeling exhausted, right? Like you don't have enough time. And so I feel like your trip was just, you know, definitely more, you know, let's get immersed in the Irish culture. Let's try the food. Let's, you know, see a couple of sites, but let's not stress ourselves out. Cause at the end of the day, when you're going through all those different airports, you got to get different currencies and you, you know, may need different, you know, pet visas and things like that. It does get a little bit stressful just with all the, you know, that's kind of why we liked the cruise option was you don't have to go through all the airports and deal with lugging your bags around. It just is a little bit easier so that's just kind of what I was curious to hear a little bit on there. Yeah, no, I, I would, after having traveled over there and, you know, doing really mostly Dublin for the six days I was over there, you know, I really think a good rule of thumb moving forward that I would probably use is, you know, really, you know, 48 hours is probably, you know, the big cities. You could probably do most of what you need to do in 48 hours. So, yeah. um, you know, 48 hours in one city and then go on and hop on to the next. Now, this being your first time going over to Europe, if somebody came to you and were looking to go over to Europe for the first time, is Dublin a place you'd recommend to them? Yeah, I think Dublin is a easily accessible, a relatively easy uh, first place to go. I know it can be intimidating going to a completely new country. So Dublin, it's a relatively short flight. You know, you're talking five, five and a half hours. So pretty short they speak english um which for those english speakers that are listening you know that's obviously a huge draw and really all the locals over there are 
super friendly and helpful. And, uh, you know, one of the great things to do over there is kind of experience a little bit like the locals. Um, so yeah, I think Dublin is a great option if, if that's something that interests you. So now that we've kind of wrapped up, you know, your trip in Ireland on land, let's kind of compare your experience and what it could have looked like if you did six nights over in, you know, the British Isles or Ireland on a cruise. Yeah. You know, when I think of cruising throughout Europe, you know, you typically think of the Eastern Western Med doing places like Greece and Spain and Italy. But I mean, we've, we've taken a look at some of these cruises that go up to Ireland and there are a good amount that do Ireland and hit up Southampton, England, Scotland, Wales, and I mean, there are a good, a couple, good amount of cruise lines over there, too. You got Carnival doing itineraries up there in Norwegian, MSC, Princess. And these itineraries range anywhere from four days to two weeks, all the way up to a month. And then even some of like the world cruises that Princess is doing. I mean, Frank, there's one of these for 114 nights. Can you imagine doing that? Yeah, imagine just like all the different ports. We just typed in Dublin. I think that you know, this cruise here, just the 114 night one hits Dublin one of the days. You can go on this cruise for a small fee of $15,000 or $137 a night. So if anyone's interested in uh, booking this one, just give Michael and I a call and we'll, we'll happily arrange. I don't know though, 114 nights trying to do all the excursions in Egypt and Singapore and Sicily and Ireland and Greece and it's crazy. New York, Miami, like this would be a tough, it'd be a lot of coordination. So we would get our, you know, you get your money's worth if you book the chat with the travel agent there, but getting back to the comparison for Europe. So, you know, Michael, I know that we've kind of talked a little bit with Blake now about his, you know, his trip on land. We talked about our cruises and does this kind of change anything about, you know, how you would plan your next, your next trip to Europe? Like, would you try to do like, just a land trip? Would you try to do maybe, you know, a hybrid approach? Kind of, kind of talk us through what you're thinking based on kind of Blake's input. Yeah. So I think the nice thing with Europe is obviously there's a lot of countries and well, I was over there for about 10 days and I think went to a total of three different countries, Italy, Spain, and France, but there's still a lot I haven't seen yet. So I think the next time I go over to Europe, I'd probably the bulk of it still do a cruise again. Maybe look at the cruise you did that hit up Greece. I know Tara really likes Greece and then Turkey and the other parts other parts of Italy I haven't seen yet. I think, though, I would still add time. Obviously, whatever port I'm sailing out of, I would get in early and do a day or two there, too. But I think, like when I flew to France last time, I would pick another country to fly to for a d- couple days just because... But like Blake was saying earlier, once you're over there, the airfare is real cheap. I think when we went from Rome to Paris, the tickets were like 80 bucks a piece. So I think it's still worth it to, once I'm over there, still go see a country that you may not be able to normally go see through a cruise. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was saying. Like if I were to go back and maybe I'll do two weeks next time, I probably, you know, would spend half the time on the cruise. Maybe, you know, do three nights before, do the cruise that's just like a week and then give myself a couple of days on the back end, whatever. And I and that's a nice thing. I do like that the cruises are usually no not always, but they have some one way routes where you start in Italy, then you end in Greece, or you go from, you know, Greece over to France or Spain. So I think that's a really cool option because then you don't oh, have yeah. to book the flight, right? So like yep. that's you take the cost of the flight out of that because you would have had to buy that anyways, and now you saved, you know, two hundred dollars or a hundred dollars a person. So 
for me, next time I'm going to Europe, I'm definitely looking at the cruise for sure. Just because I, again, hate unpacking and having to do that. Blake, you didn't have to do that on your cruise, but, or on your trip, but you know, a lot of people do go to Europe and have to continuously like unpack and, you know, you know, get on a train and have to deal with all the logistics. But I still think doing, like you said, Michael, like a couple days up front, you know, doing the cruise and then either giving yourself time on the back end or just building in some extra time to see some new stuff stops. Yeah, I think that's all great points, Frank. I really like how you said the cruises that start and end in different places. Because, I mean, that'd be probably something I'd even look at. Like you said, spend time in both of those places and then maybe still go somewhere else after that. Blake, I know, so Frank said, obviously, he doesn't really like to unpack and pack each day. So I don't think this he would ever do this. Would you ever backpack through Europe? Maybe if I was a good planner and had it planned out to a T, um, what are my accommodations going to look like? Uh, you know, I enjoy camping maybe in a tent one night, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'm not roughing it too many nights. So maybe a once in a lifetime thing, but I wouldn't commit to anything right now. What do you think your next trip to Europe will look like? Any certain other countries out there you're interested in hitting up in the future? Nothing really on my radar right at the moment. You know, I've always wanted to go to Greece, but I would also like to do Germany and uh, I would go like to go to London too. I don't know. All, a lot of the big cities over there intrigue me, but I, I don't know. Maybe they're all similar, but maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you do have a kid now, so how's that going to play? A role in your travel. I mean, you you did leave him for a little bit of time. Yeah, well, that will, hampers the travel plans quite a bit. Um, but you know, he'll stay with the grandparents for a week or two, and uh, we'll go explore Europe. Do you have any tips for anybody that's traveling over to Europe for the first time? You know, what really helped us was we actually. This may age me a little bit, uh, but we actually found a book online, and it was all about the country that we were going to. Um, in this case, it was Ireland, and it just had a lot of helpful things, um, you know, regarding currency exchange, um, where you might want to do that, where you don't want to do that, um, getting around um, different places, different things to do. Uh, so, yes, that may make me sound like an old man, but uh, that was actually really helpful for, you know, $10 or whatever I paid for the book it really helped me kind of prepare ahead of time yeah i ended up using the book as well actually so i don't think it ages you that well since i'm younger than you uh we used rick steve's book and then i actually gave it to frank and he used it no yeah it was like super helpful it had all the maps of you know things like you said like where do you want to go where do you want to avoid different restaurant recommendations i know michael pointed out that it had you know some different spots that locals tend to go to and some dishes to even order from those restaurants so for those listening, if you do have your Europe trip coming up, right, definitely recommend looking into either the Rick Steves book or the other one that Blake used that he doesn't know who it's by. So to kind of wrap this all together, Frank, when we're looking at these land vacations in Europe versus cruise vacations, what would you say are some pros and cons of both of them? Yeah, so the biggest pro, especially after hearing like what Blake walked us through for his Ireland trip, is just when you when you are on a on the land portion of your trip, in Europe, you really do get to be immersed in the culture. You know, like you're definitely spending more time. You get to kind of find your local bars that you like. You get to explore the nightlife. Like those are things that you probably can't, you can try to do or try to book a cruise that does an overnight sailing, but most likely you're not going to be able to really experience like what the nightlife is like and, you know, some of the awesome restaurants for dinner and kind of just slow down a little bit and, and see some of those, you know, sites 
typically you can, you know, do your excursions, but you're, you know, with a larger group and you're kind of on the schedule of the cruise line. And, you know, Blake probably was able to do a lot more just by being there for six days and, you know, being able to kind of plan out his own schedule. So that's probably the pros of doing, you know, the land piece, right? So in terms of the the cons, I think, you know, even Blake mentioned it himself after 48 hours in a place and especially in Europe, even after being in Rome, like you said, for 48 hours, I was definitely checked out. Like I was ready to go on to the next, there was nothing else I needed to see or do. I already did all of the, all of the big touristy tours and the Vatican and all of that. I was pretty much ready to go on to the next spot. So for me, I think, yeah, you just kind of have to find the happy medium and, and see kind of what is that time, time amount that kind of, you know, you may feel a little bit bored in that, in that city. Right. So for me, I think that the cruise is a great option. I think that I still would like to kind of pick some of those places where maybe I want to spend a little bit more time in the culture and, and add the, those stops either up front or at the end. But I still think that the cruise is an easy way to kind of see like a bunch of different things and a bunch of different countries in just a short period of time. And Michael and I actually did end up booking someone on on a Europe cruise for next year. And we were just kind of giving tips like this and kind of helping him walk through his trip. So it's definitely something that we enjoy talking about. We really like going up to Europe and, you know, doing the cruise option and, and hopefully we're able to book one again soon. Yeah. I think all those points you said there are great, Frank. I think the biggest thing being just, like you said, unpacking once and then just waking up in a new place each day and seeing a lot of the culture, but then get to come back to the ship in the evening, have some dinner, enjoy some of the evening entertainment, and then get us started all over again the next day. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. Blake, thanks for coming on this week. Yeah, I appreciate you all having me. Yeah, it was great getting to hear about your Europe trip, and we can't wait to hear about your future adventures. And as always, if you have any questions or topics you want to hear about on the podcast, make sure to send us a DM on Instagram. And if you're ready to book your next cruise vacation or hear about just different pricing for different cruises, feel free to fill out the form in our bio or shoot us a text. That's also in our Instagram bio. And we'd love to look into that for you. As always, have a great week and we'll see you back here next Wednesday.